Today's Ask the Podcast Coach comes with a little extra lesson, and that is always maintain what you're recording to. What I mean by this is yesterday I was recording something and forgot to hit stop. And so consequently, on my roadcaster, when I went to record again today, yeah, we ran out of space because I had a three-hour recording that I forgot to delete. Then I didn't delete episodes in StreamYard, and they give you a fair amount for free. But here, once again, yeah, I needed to go in and clean up some old stuff. So I didn't have a recording on the roadcaster. I didn't have a recording on StreamYard. So what you're listening to today is the recording from YouTube. And what I found out today, in fact, let me try it. It's been over an hour since the episode is over, and I still can't download the video from YouTube which is weird in the YouTube studio. So I used some tool I used to download videos because the video is available. So that's what we're getting today for April 15th, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music. That means it's Saturday. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. Jim, unfortunately, this is sad. I hate to start the show on a sad minute, but uh, Jim is saying goodbye to a cat today that he's had for like 20 years. And I'm here to tell you, that's going to hurt. That is just going to hurt. So we wish Jim the best as he's out on special assignment today. But with us from ITBusinessPodcast.com, the one and only, you've seen him in the chat room. It's Uncle Marv. Uncle Marv, how's it going, buddy? It is going good. Hello, everyone. Thank you for uh, allowing me to keep Jim's chair warm. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you. And uh, and you know, just, is- just to let you know, I, I feel his pain. So we have had, well, we had three cats and two of them have gone. And we have one left and she is coming up on about 18 years. Yeah. And uh, the wife knows that when, when her time comes... It will not be a fun day. Yeah, I uh, I just watched a video of all these dogs absolutely going nuts when their their owners came home, and I was like, if I didn't travel as much as I do, I'd probably get a dog. But that's my problem. If I get a dog, I almost have to have my brother approve the dog because he's the one that's going to be watching it while <laughs> so, yeah. But did you happen to bring a mug with you? So I have my mug. That'll work. Oh, there you go. IT Business Podcast. Yep. And I brought a pot of coffee. Beautiful. So yep. that I could give homage to Jim. And There we go. There it is. The awesome coffee pour. And that coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at podcastbranding.co. And uh, look at those awesome artwork flying by there. Uh, if you're watching the video... I'm at podcastbranding.co, and if you click on the button there for podcast logo, you will see a bunch of scrolling images go by, and they're all beautiful. They're all awesome. They're all easy to read, and they all make you look so good. And so if you uh, need something to look good, well, go over to podcastbranding.co. Mark is going to sit down with you and make sure that not only do you look professional, not only do you look good, but that your artwork is in alignment with the whole vibe of your show. And if you go, Dave, I don't know what the vibe of my show is. Well, that's what Mark is going to help you do. Hence, podcastbranding.co. He's all about making sure everything's in alignment so that you get the maximum impact with your podcast before they even click on play. That's the beautiful thing. They see you before they hear you. 
He's an award-winning graphic artist and a podcaster, so he knows exactly where you're coming from. So when you're ready to look good, go over to podcastbranding.co. And of course, uh, the uh, the mugshot. If anybody ever wonders, like, is Dan in jail? No, it's a, it's a play on the coffee mug. The mugshot, of course, is uh, brought to you by Dan over based on a true story podcast.com. What's beautiful about this, you learn about history, like, hey, here's what happened this week. And then you find out just how bad movies are at actually showing anything that's true. Cause, you know, why would we want to watch the truth? We're not used to the truth. Let's put on our conspiracy hat now, shall we? No. Uh, but uh, if you want to see how bad, how wrong the movies get it, based on a true story podcast.com. And uh, if you have, as always, if you have a, uh, a question or something you want answered, you can throw it in the chat room or at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Or if you want to jump into the video and you're like, eh, I got my jammies on, you can turn off your camera if you want. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And Tim says he's loving my Substack. And it's really weird because so many people obsess over like, gee, when should I send out my, my news? Mine went out last night about 10 till midnight. Because that's when it was done. And uh, yet Tim is still reading it. So that's the beautiful thing. They wake up on Saturday and uh, they have something to to read. And sometimes we kind of, uh, we overthink things. The the question I found, I went out to Reddit. I went out to Facebook. And uh, this was a question I've never heard before. And it kind of on one hand is, mm, duh. But there is some things to think about here. And this person says, so me and a coworker, now I'm reading this as, as they wrote it. So me and a coworker are starting a podcast around cryptozoology. Say that three times fast. Aliens, uh, paranormal, conspiracy theories, and unsolved mysteries. And I'm wondering, how long do I have to spend on researching? We have our first topic and we're going to talk about, but uh, I'm not sure if we should take one or two weeks to research everything we can about said topic before recording or if we should research a bit longer. And so for me, the kind of duh is, well, let's say I, my target, you know, length is 20 minutes. And again, we all know that the length of a podcast is how long it needs to be and, and not a minute more. So if you've plan on doing a 20 minute podcast and you have 20 minutes worth of material, I think you're done, you know, but, uh, Uncle Marv, I know you do interview shows. So how much research do you do for like when you're doing a guest? Yep. Well, so that question, if it were asked to me, would depend on a couple of different factors. One, if you're doing a guest like I do, who's the guest? How important are they that you get the facts right about them? So you've got to obviously do some research on them. And second would be the topic. Uh, is it a topic that you're familiar with that if you take a left turn, can you go with that question or that guest on that left turn? And so sometimes, you know, it depends on, on that. And I try to allocate about an hour per week. My show is an hour. Um, the guest doesn't talk for the whole hour. The guest talks anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. But I take an hour at least before each of my shows to do my research on both the guest and to prepare a good list of questions and talking points. And I always obviously try to have more than we have time for. That way, I never run out. Yeah, that's it. I remember when I was teaching, if I was uh, leading a class, I remember once I uh, 
had to teach an advanced access class, which was, uh, it's so boring. It's, it's database. It's, it's, ugh. and, um, I said, I'm not sure I'm the person that should be teaching this class. And my boss said, you just have to know more than your, your students. But that was my thing is somebody wanted to go outside of the, the book that was in front of me that I was teaching from, I was going to be lost. So that's kind of what you're talking about. You need to know the answers kind of before you, you ask the question. That's helpful. It is. But also you need to know kind of you need to be able to color outside the line. So if the guest goes on a tangent, you can you know the right question to ask maybe to get them back on yeah. the line or things like that. Um, you know, we have a couple of people here. Dan, uh, again, from based on a true story podcast.com. How long does it take to research? Well, as long as it takes, um, you know, until I feel I know enough about the guest to feel comfortable in an interview. Exactly. Uh, uh, true, but true. There isn't any sort of algorithm. Oh, this, that's another question we'll come back to. Uh, Z had an interesting question. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's really it when you feel it's enough. And also it helps to know, like if it's an interview, you know, why are you bringing the guest on and what questions should I ask to make sure they deliver the content that my, my audience wants to hear. So, and then, uh, cause I had somebody right now, I, um, a friend of mine is going on tour and I emailed him and I said, Hey, like, should we do a tour talk episode? And I said, should we do it now to find out how you set this thing up or should we wait till when you get home and we could talk about, you know, tales from the road kind of thing. And as soon as I sent the email, I'm like, Oh, we need to wait till he gets home. Cause that's really, it's one thing to plan a tour. It's another thing to do it. So that's a case where I was like, all right, I want to wait till he gets home. Sure, there's plenty of things of like, how did he get a theater and how did he do this and that? I'm like, but I think the true thing is going to be the actual art of driving there and finding out that nothing's open or, you know, yeah. your, your, whatever, your backstage has bed bugs or who knows, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I did a show about the, uh, along those lines probably about six months ago. There was a gentleman in our community that was going to go on an El Camino, which mm-hmm. is you, you go over to, I forget where it was, Spain or something. And it's it's like a 30-day walk, pilgrimage type deal. Okay. And as the owner of his business, we were all interested in, dude, how are you going to leave your business for a month? And, you know, my day job is in IT. And we all know that, you know, IT problems don't stop. For a month at a time, let alone a day at a time. Yeah. So I actually did a pre-show with him and a post-show. The pre-show was just an audio where we just asked a couple of questions about, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? What are you planning to do with your business? And then we did a post-show after his walk where we talked about, hey, did it turn out the way you thought and all of that stuff. So, but it was a lot of work to to do a you know a show before and after. Yeah. Well, that's really the bottom line. Everybody thinks, you know, my 15 minute podcast is going to take 15 minutes and it's not because if you're doing an interview, there's the research for the interview. Then let's say you, you talk to the person for an hour and I don't know about you, but there I've been interviewed before. And once the interview is over and the stop button is pressed, then a whole other interview happens after that. So there's more time. So it's one of those things where the 15-minute podcast is, does not take 15 minutes. But I think research is something you need to do. Bottom line, and you made a, a great point, especially with the whole chat GPT thing going on now. If you just quote chat GPT, it's pretty likely you're going to say something that's not true. 
And the minute your audience can't believe the words coming out of your mouth, you lost them. Because, I mean, Glenn the Geek at Horse Radio Network, an awesome supporter, he says, like, any sponsor that comes on his show, you have to send me the product first. Because I'm not going to promote something and say, this is the best thing ever. And then somebody buys it and it breaks in four days. He's like, then they're not going to believe anything else I say. So that's uh, another great benefit of research is, you know, again, knowing what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a it's a beneficial thing. Yeah. And you don't want to upset your guest in the middle of a show yeah, yeah. by saying the wrong thing. And then they're like, oh, well, you just got that fact wrong about me. What else do you have wrong about me? And then you've lost the interview. Yeah. Um, speaking in every interviews, um, do you have any preference regarding whether to bring a, a guest onto your podcast or be a guest on someone else's show? Which is better for audience growth? Oh, that's an easy for me. I think the answer to that is being on someone else's show because you're going where the audience you're going to where people who don't know you are. Where is and they don't have to do a thing. They just go to you know just picture uh, a podcast like a theater, and every Wednesday this person's audience goes to the theater. And they're there waiting for that person to present information. And all of a sudden you walk in, they didn't have to do anything different. Now your theater is across town and they're like, Hey, your favorite person is over here. And they're like, where is it? You're like, you got to drive across town. Parking's right next door to it. Uh, it, It's super simple and it might be super simple, but they got to get out of their routine. So for me, being on somebody else's show would be a better way to hopefully come over, dazzle them with your awesome content and then make sure you give them a link to uh, to get back to your side. I don't know. Uncle Marv, you got any thoughts on that one? I, I agree with that. Definitely being on other people's podcasts is a great thing. I'm on others all the time now. I mean, I really try to get on another show at least once a month. The other side to that, though, is if you do have guests on a regular basis, you want to have a guest that's engaging, who wants to come back, and will promote your show to their audience. And that's been a big benefit to me because I've had some some other podcasters in our industry. They're like, Uncle Marv, you've got to come on my show. You've, it almost feels like you know they're begging me to help them. But it's helping me, I think, more than it is them. And so I, I appreciate that. Well, the other bonus of interviews is the relationship that you get by being on other people's shows. And that grows your network and that whole nine yards. So if somebody gets a question about it they're like oh you know what i got a guy you got to go talk to marv he's he's the guy you want to talk to so uh that's always kind of kind of tricky uh another question we got coming up here and this is this is one that is uh it's a hot topic um z in this case from youtube says how do you grow a podcast with no following and social media and no friends that want to listen and without the need to go on other podcasts so in other words i want to make millions of downloads uh, by doing nothing. I'm going to talk into a microphone and money is going to fall from heaven. And well, um, yeah, from heaven, that's it. And so uh, he, he kind of mentioned that. So I don't think I have this, but he was talking about, there's no algorithm. And here's the other question. Here's the point that I love. And this was uh, from Gary Arndt from uh, everything everywhere podcast. You know, who else doesn't have an algorithm TV books, magazines, uh, movies, none of those. There's nothing recommending movies to me except a commercial that I see on TV. There's nothing recommending books 
except maybe an algorithm on Amazon if I happen to go on their website. And they rarely recommend books to me unless I sign up for their newsletter, which is something that your guest has to do. I don't know. To me, the whole discovery problem, and and I love the fact that when I ask, like, what is the algorithm? And they're like, well, it's something that looks and and understands what you want. And then it recommends things that you'll like. And I go, oh, I have one of those. And they're like, really? How? And I'm like, it's called friends. My friends know what I like. They know I love, like I had somebody, when I first got into uh, the HBO show called Succession, they're like, Dave, I have the show for you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, Succession. They go, it is, the the humor is so dark. You are going to love this thing. And I was like, really? And so I tuned in. Absolutely love that show. It is, they say the most horrendously, like you would never say this to a person. It's a, a whole, I liked it the first time in the 80s when it was called Dallas. It's a, a really, really super rich family where all the kids are fighting to take over the business from dad because he's old. Uh, and I was like, that's that's Dallas. Um, but for me, you know, if you're looking for an algorithm to make you popular, don't start a podcast. Just don't. Because, you know, and if you don't want to promote your show, don't do a podcast. If you don't want to spend any time researching, don't do a podcast. Now, the only time I would say do a podcast in that scenario is if you want to be heard and you want to get this stuff off your chest and you're doing it for fun. It's Batman in the basement. It's three dudes, uh, three bros with brews, whatever. Go have some fun. But don't sit there and go, okay, I'm not going to spend any time on my uh, content I'm not going to promote it. Uh, I want some machine to make me famous and I want to make a million dollars in the first six months. Okay. That's a great goal by all means, you know, dream big. Why not? But, um, you know, I just, to me, the, the, I'm waiting for the algorithm to make me famous. I don't know any musician. I don't know any author. I don't know any actor that didn't get to where they're going unless they had a, a lot, you know, if my dad is Rob Lowe, I might end up on Netflix because, you know, I'll write a show with him and lo and behold, there's Rob Lowe's kid doing a, a an actually pretty good show on Netflix, but you got to hustle. I mean, you know, anybody uh, give you 10,000 downloads for free, Marv? 10,000 downloads? Gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it was funny. I, the other side to that is, you know, you need to, Obviously, promote. You got one. Get some friends. You know. Yeah, that's uh, it. <laughs> get some friends. Find, find somebody that will listen to your show yeah. and promote it to others, uh, colleagues, something. Um, the other thing I was thinking is I belong or not belong, but I'm part of a podcasters support group. Yeah, and we had a gentleman join our group recently who was kind of in a similar situation. He was, you know, he wanted to get some downloads and followers and stuff, but this guy was spending like five grand a month Ooh. and was wondering when he was going to get the return. And we we're like, dude, first of all, what's your show and right. who are you catering to? How? And it was one of those things where you, you can't go too far the other way. Um, you've got to find that balance of, uh, uh, you know, find a way to get people that want to hear what it is you're, you're talking about. Yeah, it's, well, the thing there is uh, I'm trying to find the movie. It's called the Lone Ranger. And I was trying to see when it came out. It was a Disney film. So we're talking the the most recent Lone Ranger that bombed. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, (laughs) 
It was. Uh, it's yeah. one of the biggest bombs in history, and it came out. I want to say in the late '80s. It had Johnny Depp. This is before Johnny Depp, the guy from the <laughs> the trial. It wasn't that long ago? Yeah, I'm trying the ninth. I'm I'm looking through the thirteen. Okay, there we go. Yeah, the Lone Ranger. Uh, he was also so Johnny Depp was not only starring in it; he was an executive producer. And what's great about this thing is, from what I understand, and I, I've never gotten official proof, but there's no way that they did any kind of um, focus group on this. And so their their thought was that, oh, um, you know, we've got Johnny Depp, we've got the Happy Meal ready to go, we've got all the posters, we've got all the toys, it's all there. And the first weekend it came out, it kind of tanked. And then Disney was like, well, people don't know about it yet. So they just doubled down on the marketing. And there was one really big problem with this movie. It was awful. I mean, it was like <sighs> awful, bad. And I went and saw this movie. I love Johnny Depp. And I was like, that was bad. It was just oh, I, bad. I can't believe you went. I knew not to go. I yeah. saw the promos for it. I'm like, Ugh, I'm not going to see that. Well, we were such when the first uh, Pirates of the Caribbean came out. It was like, oh, that was so much fun. That was a great Disney flick and Johnny Depp at his height and everything was going great. And I, I loved Edward Scissors. I was just a big Johnny Depp fan. So this came on. Oh, Johnny Depp is Tonto. I'm like, that's kind of weird. All right, well, let's see what happens. And it was just horrible. And they just kept dumping more and more. And they ended up, I want to say losing 80, no, 260 million. It was something ridiculous. It's like one of the top, it's in the top five of, of worst flops of all time. And that's because they didn't, I swear, nobody had to watch that movie and go, oh, that's great. Print, cut, get it out there. Because it was just horrible. And so they, I, go ahead. They assumed that it would do what Caribbeans did. You know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, they thought, okay, this will be good. They didn't think it would be as good as it was. And that yeah. thing just blew up. So I think that they expected Johnny Depp, Lone Ranger. Everybody loves their own Lone Ranger from- right. You know the the it's a remake the remake yeah. stuff, and it just didn't fly. Yeah, and so that guy you're talking about that's spending all this money, the first thing you need to do is get some some truth talkers around you to basically say, "Hey, this is good. This needs a little work." You know that whole nine yards. Uh, but I did like this part, and I did like this part. So do more of that, because otherwise you're just spending money. And the world's going to find out quicker that your show's not ready. You know, that's that's the part you got to keep in mind. Coach Dave says the algorithm is hard work and persistence and a little luck. There is a little luck equals higher chance for success. Uh, a buddy of mine, Cliff Ravenscraft, said uh, he, he started a show about, I'm going to say it's two, maybe three weeks about the TV show Lost. And this is, you know, probably 13 years ago. And then uh, CBS or whatever the network was that that was on created a podcast about the show. So everybody looked for the Lost podcast, and they didn't find CBS's version. They found Cliff's, and Cliff got a boatload of people listening to his show. And he had the talent to keep them there, and he then spun that into being a podcast consultant and everything else. But he got lucky. I mean, in a nutshell, not that he doesn't have talent. He kept those people entertained. but he got lucky. He got an audience like, here's the 10,000 download switch, you know? So that's what you need to do. Just go find a, a TV network to accidentally 
point their audience at your show and, and you won't need an algorithm. There you go. That's how you do it. Um, or you know, have Oprah talk about you. That's it. Oprah would work, you know, or it, it also works the other way. If you have a show that everybody is talking about a la grammar girl, that everybody at the time knew who grammar girl was. And so when Oprah goes, we're doing a show about grammar, the producer knows grammar girl and takes the, she was the first podcaster. I think the only podcaster back in the day to get on Oprah. And she then took her podcast, transcribed it, beat it into shape and made a book. So she had something to promote when she was on Oprah. So, but yeah, does, what does Oprah do now that she's not, I mean, she's still Oprah. She's pimping Weight Watchers, which is she's, a, well. She's got her channel still. Okay. Um, I think she's still doing her magazine. Okay. And she's doing a bunch of. I mean, she, here's the thing: she probably still makes as much money as she did when she had the show, but she's just kind of still. She's oh, she is doing interviews. She's doing yeah. uh, exclusive interviews. So I think you have to go to a special place to get them. Yeah, she had a great um, around the whole George Floyd thing. Um, she had some really great interviews about race in America on Apple TV that were amazing. So yeah, she's still around. It's not like she's sitting back doing nothing. Um, Andreas has a comment. He says, I don't really like a podcast with random topics. That's a great question. Uh, I, I think I have one here. Um, I want specific content as something is really good. It delivers, it delves into topics that people are interested in. Yeah. It's, I always liken that to music. If if somebody said, I'm going to do a podcast about the blues, okay, but is it Delta Blues? Because I, I mean, I tip my hat to the guys that kind of started the thing, but when I listen to it, it's some poor guy frying bacon in the background on a guitar that's out of tune, and I'm like, oh, I, I can't listen to that, you know? <laughs> Um, like the start of some, <laughs> some it's movie. it man and it's always like i'm like no no thank you i get it that it was 1924 and it was you know orange peel blind johnson whatever but like it's like, no no thank you I don't need that. So, but there's that blues, then there's electric blues, and then there's Texas blues and Chicago blues. And I'm like, so when you say blues, like if that guy starts off, hey, welcome to the blues concert, you know, uh, it's the only podcast where we talk blues. Here's our first song. No, I'm out. I'm out. I'm like immediately hitting stop. But if it's the electric blues and they're featuring Joe Bonamassa and Gary Moore and all these great, I'm like, I'm in. So, when you when you do a show that's a little bit of everything for everyone, which leads us to a question I found in Facebook that says, I'm having trouble deciding what to focus on for my podcast. Help. To start, I wanted to get into podcasting for a few years now, so I've been thinking about this a lot, and I still can't decide. I have several primary interests and hobbies, but also I don't know if I want to focus on just any one of them. Is it a bad idea to just talk about whatever has my focus at the time? There are a lot of things that go through my head that I would like to talk about. And I also have ADHD and ADD. Welcome to the club, buddy. Woohoo. And so trying to focus on just one general topic, such as one of my hobbies, every episode sounds exhausting. Well, here's the thing. If you want to do a show about everything, there might be. Here's the thing. I had a, a friend of mine, um, the real Brian, is a guy like this. He doesn't want to talk about just one thing. He wants to talk about coffee. And then he wants to talk about whatever. And then he wants to talk about this. He wants to talk about that. And I'm like, well, 
you will, in theory, attract people who are like you. If in theory, right? If I'm a person, maybe in the same way that that guy's having a hard time figuring out what to talk about, there may be people who can't figure out what to listen to and they're going to tune into your show. But that does mean there are going to be some episodes when they're like, all right, today we're going to talk about Delta Blues. I'm like, yeah, I'm not listening to that episode. I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the everything? I'm just going to talk about whatever. It's, that's tough. Yeah. You know, we've got so many things going on that you've got to grab people's attention. So if you grab them one week and you're talking about something completely different the next week, you might lose them. And what I've tried to do is on my show, because we don't, we don't cover just one particular part of tech. You know, we talk about being a business owner. We talk about tools to help you in your business. We do bring vendors on. So it is kind of a hodgepodge, but what I try to do is, you know, do a little bit of everything in each show. That way there's something that will grab them. And I just tell them, look, you know, this show may not have gotten you, but, we're going to have the same type of show. We're going to cover these topics. We're going to, so that way, at least there's something that will bring them back. And they may not love every part of your show, but I have people, here's the funny thing. My show is about tech, but I have people that just simply listen for the Florida man stories. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I used to listen to uh, John Lee Dumas's show, uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And at the end, he would ask them, what's your favorite tool? And that's the part I really liked. The story was great and all. Um, and it was focused and well put together, but I was really looking for like, if he had ever did just an episode of like, what's your favorite tool to where like every episode would be Evernote. And then next week would be Evernote. And the following week after that was, cause that was kind of funny after a while. That was like the answer for everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, sometimes we tune into not everything is going to be great. Not every book. If you read a book, you know, a lot of times chapter three was like, mm, okay, well, maybe chapter four will be better. Um, Coach Dave says, consider this. There's a lot of people who would like their message shared, but don't know how. If your show is aligned, those folks make good sponsors. Yep. And then uh, Andrea says, why are people starting a podcast with no clue of what kind of content you'll be creating? I don't get it. It takes a huge effort to be good and be able to stand out. My thought on this is, to use the analogy because I love analogies, it'd be like getting in a car and not knowing where you're going to go but I just want to drive around. Okay. You can do that. You're going to waste a little gas. You're going to waste a little time, but in the end, you're going to be a better driver so that when you finally do figure out where you want to go, you'll be able to get there more efficiently. Just don't expect people to get in the car with you because they don't know where you're going and neither do you. So I won't say it's a complete waste of time because you'll get a little more comfortable behind the, you know, behind the mic. I know a lot of people that, you, you've been listening to their show and you find out later, oh, yeah, this is actually my second podcast. My first podcast was blah, blah, blah. I did it for six episodes. And, you know, Grammar Girl was on Oprah, her first podcast. I think she said she did nine episodes and it was very science based and it took a ton of research. And she was reading white papers, which are about as, you know, fun as a, I don't know, wet cracker. Uh, it was just ridiculous. It was bland. Um, and she just wasn't really resonating with anyone. So she was like, well, I like grammar. You know, I could do these cute little shows and off she went. So uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's up to you, but the whole, I'm going to start a podcast and I don't know what I want to talk about. I don't know. You don't have to release everything you record. So 
you know. Um, so, Dave, let me let me yeah, jump this. in before we started a little behind the curtains here. Yeah, you asked me if I had pod faded. Oh yeah, because when you were you know doing your research, yeah, me, you came across a podcast that I started during COVID and UncleMarv.com. And it's Uncle Marv's podcast. And it was great for the two, two and a half years that I did it. And you asked if I pod faded. And, and the, the short answer is no, uh, because we are going to be bringing it back. I'm going to be rebranding it. We're going to be doing topics. We're going to be talking about life and, and that sort of stuff. But that was my second podcast to the tech one. And part of it was to see, can I do this in a different uh form with a different genre mm. in a completely different element. So that was part of why that happened. So you may see, like you said, people start a podcast just to see, Hey, is this fun? Can I do it? Is there traction? Yeah. Uh, it's, that sort of thing. it's a rough draft. You know, authors have rough drafts. Athletes have preseason, you know, there are things you do to kind of test that. Uh, and it's fine. If you want to do that in public, I, I think my worst one was the customer service show. And my background besides teaching was customer service. And I think I did five episodes before it dawned on me that while this is my job, it's not my passion. And I ejected immediately. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, but yeah, sometimes that's how you find out. I mean, how do you know if you like, you know, banana bread or not? You got to stick some in your mouth and go, no, this isn't bad. You know, so sometimes how do you know if you want to do a podcast? Well, you start doing it and then you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, you know, Dan says, each different topic narrows the audience. Yep. If your show is blues and coffees and music and tech and politics, that makes finding an audience tough to find, especially if you throw in politics because 50% of your audience is going to hate it unless you try to do something in the middle, which in case 100% of your audience will hate it eventually. Uh, Jen Briney does a show. In one week, she'll she'll upset the Republicans, and the next week, she'll upset the Democrats and it's uh, I, I've, that is one show I will never do politics, man. It's like, it's brutal because people are so passionate about it, but it is, I always say if um, the example I use is what if I wanted to do a show about being more confident, who doesn't want to be more confident, right? You're like, great. All right. We're going to do a show about being more confident. Well, then I go, wait, what about if I said being a more confident parent? Oh, now I just cut out everybody that doesn't have kids. What if I said a more confident first time parent? Ooh, all right, now we cut out all the people who were kid number two. But now if I said, what about being a more confident first-time interracial parent? Oh, now we cut out a bunch of people. But they're like, yeah, we got things we have to talk about. But you can go too far. So if I go, wait, what about being a more confident first-time interracial parent that's left-handed? Okay, that's that, we've gone too far. We cut out too many people. We don't have any audience left. And it doesn't pertain to that. So, um, you know, Z, who brought up this question, says, I doubt they would, but if I forgot – He's talking to Chris about something. Uh, if you're worried about it, you could use external tracking services like PodTrack, which route downloads their server. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure what he's responding to here, but uh, in terms of... I think that was the question earlier where it says... Oh, do certain hosts... Yeah, do certain media hosts inflate podcasts? At, yes, it's called SoundCloud. Um, but here's the thing. Not a single sponsor under the world will sponsor a show on SoundCloud because they're not IAB certified and just Google the phrase buy SoundCloud plays and you can get probably a thousand downloads for about five bucks. So, um, but for the most part, they're all give or take, you know, uh, uh, probably 10% 
Um, I know there's a, you know, the ID, the IAB certification, you do have to go through a lot to get certified. And there is for the record, for all of you that are, uh, have heard about, um, you know, um, Zencaster and I, I'm not bad mouthing Zencaster. I just see Zencaster going, we're IAB compliant. There's a big difference between compliant. Compliant is where you think you're following the guidelines and then IAB certified, which is expensive. It's very expensive to be certified is where they come in, they go through your code and they give you a haircut. And often you think you're going to get a little trim off the top and you get a buzz cut. So there is a big difference. So if somebody goes, oh, yeah, we're not IAB certified, we're IAB compliant, that is not, it's kind of like being kind of pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You can't be kind of pregnant, and you can't be kind of IAB certified. So, um, so Dave, I saw that post that was on Reddit last night Yeah, where you, you made that comment in response to the question. My question to you would have been for, let's say, a hobbyist podcaster or most of us out there, do we even care about no. the IAB compliance stuff? Not really, because the only people that care about that is people that care about downloads. And the people that care about downloads are people that are looking for sponsors, which for the record, if you're trying to get a purple mattress one, you have about less than 10% chance of getting a big sponsor. I'm not anti-sponsor. I just, every time Rob Walt says yes, and you know, 7% of uh, downloads from Libsyn got over whatever it is, five, 10,000 downloads. And I'm always like, that means 93% of podcasters don't have enough downloads to get a big sponsor. Now you don't, that's, you know, again, if you want the progressive and, you know, better help and all that other things, but that doesn't mean you can't have a sponsor, but that goes back to, you know, if you have a target audience, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing the interesting show where I talk to interesting people about interesting things, I can't sell them a can of interesting. Here it is. Buy one, get one free. It's a cup of interesting from our good friends at interesting.com. It doesn't work. Now, if I'm a, a life coach and I want to help you get your life back together uh, or something like that, and I'm doing inspirational stories, that might work. But there are times when, um, you know, it's if it's too vague of a topic, it's hard to find a sponsor. And I'm, Again, I'm not anti-sponsor. I just know selling your own stuff is uh, much more profitable than, you know, especially with these programmatic ads. Um, I did a, a blog post. I think I was making a dollar thirty-eight per thousand downloads or something ridiculously low. And I'm just like, that's, to me, that's, you know, internet welfare almost, said the guy who was on welfare growing up. Um, so I, I'm just... I, I, maybe I am anti ad. I just, I just, to me, when everybody goes, I'm going to start a podcast and get ads. And I'm like, all right, well, good luck on you. But there, there are other ways to make money. And, you know, we had somebody, Daniel and I do a show called the future of podcasting. Um, I think our largest downloads per episode has been 120 something. And somebody gave us 28 bucks. So do the CPM that it's like $125 CPM, you know, now if we can do that every week, that'd be awesome. And I have no idea how to get Chris's thing off. Do you, do you have Big Shot Smarty Pants to uh, rights to turn that off? Do I? I don't. Here, let me let me do this. We'll put Dan on, and then we'll, there we go. Okay, I was like, I, I can't turn off Chris's <laughs> message. Um, that was fun. Um, you know, so it's always kind of tricky. Um, Andreas says I, I fell in love with podcasting due to the fact that it was specific, and it was content I felt was for me and people like me. I want connection, not just fun. Yep. 
I guess it's my inner engineer. You know, some people are like that and that's, that's okay. There are some people that like everything, you know, um, that's how I got into it. I just happened to be poking around one day and I found some other IT business owners talking about tech. And at first I'm like, Oh, really? But after a while I was like, wait a minute, these guys are doing the same thing I'm doing. And they would ask questions and I'm like, well, I can answer that. Yeah, that too. So that was like, let me call up and see if I can be a part of this. And here I am. This is now, that was in 2016. Yeah. Dave says, uh, there'd have to be some kind of thread to bring someone to a podcast that was all over the place. And, uh, and then later he says, and maybe that person is trying to find that thread, but that thread is something he or she is going to care about to put the work into doing a good show. I'll give an example. Uh, Jordan Harbinger, Interviews everybody from all sorts of different places, but it's all through the lens of critical thinking. He's all about how to, to, you know, kind of identify the BS and, and just move forward, I guess, with a little more thought uh, so that you don't get, uh, oh, let's pretend we're from 1920 hoodwinked. There's a, there's a word I haven't used in a while, but um, you know, that's, that's a case where it looks like he's all over the place, but he does have that theme of, you know, critical thinking is, 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 uh, the one constant. That's that thread that Dave said, um, coach Dave, by the way, it's, it's an all Dave chat room, except for Scott Johnson, of course, from what was that like? Nice to see you, Scott. Uh, Dave says I pod faded my second show after four years, really enjoyed that show, but COVID ruined a lot. Yep. Mm -hmm. That effort helped me. That also helped gain a lot of shows were started in COVID. Um, that effort helped position me to be able to do my current show, some podcasters produce in waves. Uh, Kaizen, yes, um, exactly. Yeah, so like I said, if you get in a car and you don't know where it's going and you drive around, you're going to waste some time, you're going to waste some gas. But in the end, you should be a better driver so that when you figure out where you want to go. So, um, yeah, Andrea says it takes effort to make a podcast. If it's not good, it's okay to rest. I learned that I'm not a machine. You're not a machine. I'm not. Marv, are you a machine? I'm not a machine. I Sadly enough, I have not yet a machine. Yeah, I wish I was. Uh, that whole sleep thing gets on my nerves, um, but uh, especially when I'm an army of one. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Coach Dave, first show is like a, a first pancake. It's always burned and ugly, <laughs> but the pancakes that follow are golden. Exactly. Excellent. I, I, I'm, uh, Coach Dave, I'm using that analogy. I, I like that one. Um, here's a fun comment I saw on Facebook. This is from Aaron Peterson. He said, so PETA, as in the, what is, I know it's ethical treatment of animals. People or the ethical treatment yeah, of animals. Yeah. Heard one of my, uh, heard one of our recent segments on our podcast and asked if they could come on to discuss this. We agreed as long as they're open to a real conversation. And now I really can't decide if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But either way, there's a 72% chance I'll be canceled by Monday. Um <laughs> Would you have a show like, you know, there are groups that, that, uh, you know, have followings and things like that. Would you have PETA on your show? I know now what is PETA going to talk about in the IT world, but, uh, well, but there are similar situations where we have known vendors or known products that are part of the industry just hates. Mm -hmm. And I've had them reach out to me and say, Hey, can we come on your show? And I'll just be like, no, you're, you're not for my audience. And they're like, well, of course we are. And I'm like, look, I, 
I know my audience. I mean, and I've made the mistake of having things on my show that I got vitriol later. They're like, why would you have that person in your show? That person, you know, everything they say is garbage and this. So you, you have to kind of figure out, you know, if you think it's going to get you, you know, more audience members or engagement, then you might want to take the risk. But if I know that it, all it's going to do is just bring me heartache and suffering, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, Scott says, you know, the president of PETA contacted me to be a guest on the show. Scott has here's, – here's a great example of – Scott has a great show, uh, whatwasthatlike.com. And Scott has a very set criteria of what gets you on his show. And having a big organization behind you is not it. Unless you were struck by lightning, you're not going to be on Scott's show. Um, and, you know, Scott says, I love animals, but he's not going to have Pete on there because it doesn't meet the criteria. Um, I know I had my criteria is if you can help my audience either podcast faster or grow their audience or something of that nature, then you can come on the school of podcasting. And I had a friend of mine, uh, George Robb, because he does a podcast in segments. Like he has one segment, it's called the Religious Moron of the Week. He has another thing about interesting fauna. So weird animals that do all sorts of weird, crazy things. It's kind of a science based show, and it's hilarious. He's a really entertaining guy, but he's also a flaming atheist. And I had George on my show because we could focus on the things that we differ on, or we could focus on the things that we like have in common. So I brought him on to talk about his podcast. And, you know, I explained what his podcast was and I had people like, how could you have an atheist on your show? And I was like, how, how are you supposed to make friends with like the whole thing? So I think no matter who you have on your show, if they're remotely uh, controversial or if they don't think like your audience thinks, there's always going to be somebody. It's like I, I mentioned the political show earlier. There's always going to be somebody who, who goes, Ugh, why, why did you, you know, I didn't. So and that's you just have to be OK with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and answer Chris's question in the chat, big guests equal big numbers. Uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, my my take on this is it's not the size of the guest that brings the value. It's the size of the value that makes the guest. And I always go back to, to Glenn Hebert. Glenn had the Horse Radio Network. When I first found him at Podcast Movement, I brought him on, and he explained how he grew his audience by – asking the largest horse event, I want to be the official podcast of your event. And they gave him a table in the back, but he interviewed every single speaker at this event, growing his network. And then he interviewed all the sponsors, some of which are still with his show. And everybody was like, Oh my God, that's such a brilliant idea. And then he said, Oh, by the way, if you have any magazines about your industry, go to the back where they have those little itty bitty ads. Cause those people have a budget to advertise and go and then call the magazine and go, how much is it to have a little ad in the back and then just undercut them and contact every person that has an ad there. And everybody's like, that is genius. And so everybody's like that Glenn guy, who, who is this guy? But man, does he have great tips? I'm like, yep. And that's why he's been on my show probably five or six times. So, you know, and, and you know, I've had John Lee Dumas, I've had Pat Flynn and, and their episodes are great, but people talked about Glenn. So it's, it's the big name. And the other thing is, and people always think this is one of those, I'm going to start a podcast and get ads. I'm going to start a podcast and get big names. 
the only time a big name podcast will help you grow your audience is if you do an episode that is different than the last five they just did. So if I have Pat Flynn on and he talks about the Green Academy exam and his PDF that took off and blah, blah, you know, the Pat Flynn story, he's not going to share that with his audience because they've heard that story about 4 million times. So you have to do an interview that's going to be different that they go, huh, wow, that was, wow, I've talked about stuff I've never talked about before. My audience would like to hear this because I've never talked about it before. So and that, yeah, that's going back to the start of the show with yep. that very first question about research. If you do your research properly, you can get the guests to talk about stuff because I've had guests that come on and they're just, they're just programmed to go into their spiel, into their pitch, into their story. And sometimes you have to be like, okay, I think most of my audience knows that. Let me ask you something that maybe they don't know. And, and then you ask a question. And if you can get a guest to go, oh, my, you've done your research. Or <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That a lot of times will bring out that aspect that all of a sudden turns them on to, okay, I like this. There's a great show on YouTube called Hot Ones. And I forget the, the host's name, but he does insane research. And he will come on and say, I know in junior high, you were on the lacrosse team. What's the, and the guy in the, and what's fun is watching the guest because the guest immediately kind of lights up and you can kind of tell they're like, wow, this guy really did his work. And it, it, there's some sort of bizarre bonding going on besides the fact that they're eating hot wings that make their eyes water and they can barely breathe and things like that. But that guy, more than anybody I listen to, gets the, wow, I can't believe you know that. Or I can't believe, who, who told you that? Who told and, you, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and that's what he does is he will interview, that guy goes after, he'll interview the, uh, the assistant or he'll find out what high school he went to and, and try to find friends that grew up with him and get those kind of stories. And it, it makes for a much more entertaining uh, interview because it is stuff you've never heard before. And so that's, if you want to see a good interviewer, I wish I could remember his name, but it's uh, the other thing that's, that's interesting. He was talking about, cause they're eating these, these wings that are just ridiculous. And, uh, but they're both doing it. So not only is the guest doing it, but so is the host. And he said, it's interesting. Cause I was just watching um, Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran, who's on the show succession and he was, he gets about three fourths of the way through and he's like, dude, this is ridiculous. And he goes, but, and he goes, I hate you right now. I hate you. I hate you. And, and the host was like, yeah, I, uh, I get it. He goes, but at the end, you'll probably want to give me a hug because it's this weird, we've gone through this together kind of thing. So, uh, that's a, that's a great show. If you want to watch some good interviews and watch people cry. And I mean, it's so the hot sauce is so hot. You can't touch your eyes. Cause it could, I don't know if it makes you go blind or what, but it's, it's a, some serious hot sauce going on over there. Um, Scott says any CEO of a large corporation is welcome to be a guest on what was that like if they happen to have been on a train when it went over a cliff. Exactly. So it says criteria again. Um, Dan again from based on a true story podcast.com. I think it's always about the content that I think should be made into a t-shirt. It's the content. Mm. Um, there are some good shows that have people they don't agree with. But it's good to hear other opinions and sometimes validates that I don't agree with them. I, to me, I miss the good old days. And that's what's kind of fun about uh, Joe Rogan will have people on there and just very politely disagree. You know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a thing called a dialogue that people used to have. Uh, 
And at the end, you might actually learn something. So, um, yes, Andreas says, I think I have Glenn here, if I remember right. Speaking of Glenn the Geek. Um, don't be boring. Yeah, don't be boring. That's how you grow your show without uh, social media, with a presence, all the stuff we are talking about before. Yeah, Coach Dave says, Hot Ones is the best for demonstrating good questions. I really want Sean Evans. Thank you so much. I was trying to remember that everybody in the chat room is like, it's Sean Evans. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Russell says it's one of the best interview shows on YouTube. It really is. And what's what's great about it is it's uh, it's short, really. They, they've only got like, I think it's probably eight wings, and they get a question with every wing. So mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you only had X amount of questions to ask, you got to make sure they're good. But it's um, there's even, I'll have to see if I can find the video. Somebody made a mashup of the guests saying, wow, that's a really good question. Or wow, I can't, who told you that? They like all the, the different reactions to that. But uh, I, I just know I would never make it on that show. Are you, are you a hot sauce person? I am not. Yeah. See this. I don't like my food painful. I don't understand the idea of, and yeah, there's, I, I would like something just below mild if they had it. Yeah. Well, this is uh here's a fun little wrinkle. Um, I must've did it again. I, uh, I hit this little marker on the roadcaster. Oh, you did that last week. Yeah. And it will not record right now. And I re- I removed a bunch of stuff. So we may not have an episode because we know that, um, stream So we have YouTube now to, uh, that I hope is is recording. <laughs> yep, you've got two backups there. Yeah, well, no one because remember I ran out of space on Streamyard, and so I would have had you YouTube have it set to automatically delete the oldest episode. Uh, in Streamyard, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, I just I don't worry about it. Okay, just, just delete the oldest one. There we go. Well, that's what I will be doing there, then. There's your tip from Uncle Marv. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell, so um, you do IT business. You know, you have your show again. What's uh for somebody who isn't, you know, never listened to it, it again, itbusinesspodcast.com. Uh what can people expect when they go over there? Yeah, it's basically a show if it was originally designed for IT business owners, for those of us that we you know, we call ourselves managed service providers. Uh we give support to businesses and that's how it started, but now we include any IT professional that wants to learn how to do their job or run their business better, smarter and faster. We talk about, you know, tips that we can share with each other. We talk about the tools that we use in, in the industry. We bring on vendors that uh, provide us with the, the software tools that we use. And then, of course, we always love to share stories. You know, a lot of them are customer stories, things going wrong, you know, tales from the trenches, that sort of stuff. And it's just a roundabout show to talk about tech, but from a business owner's perspective. Nice. How long have you been doing that show? So that show, technically, the show is six years old. It was under another name, but I rebranded it at the beginning of 2022 uh, to become the IT Business Podcast. The previous name was a name that most people, if they were new to the show, they were like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. So I I renamed it. Um, I also left a podcast network that we were part of that good guys, good network, but they were all like hobbyists you know, uh, computer repair, residential types. So I wanted to kind of make this truly the business show and step out on my own for that. Yeah. Um, so what kind of network was it? 
Like, I don't want you to like throw your friends under the bus, but like, what was the purpose of the network? Well, it was, it was a podcasting network and they had grouped together a bunch of shows and a lot of them were just in the same group, but they just did a different type of show. One of them talked about Android apps, uh, which was a good topic. One of them talked about like the home server show. Uh, some of them talked about, and then they tried to do some other shows that just didn't really work. Mm. And then they did a live call-in show for computer repair, for computer repair shops. And then the show that I took over was about how to support businesses as an IT professional. But because most of the network was the hobbyist type of thing, our show was kind of the outlier. And we were like, oh, well, you're trying to you know, do all the business corporate stuff. You're selling out to vendors. And, right. <laughs> and I did get sponsors that uh, you know, supported the show. So it was like, you know what? It's, it's, time, to, it's time to break ways. There you go. The, um, somebody in the chat room, Brad, said when he listens to a show, where did he go? When I listen to a show, I ask myself, is there any, is there any there, there? <laughs> and um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I did an episode and I feel I'm not throwing this guy. In, well, I am kind of throwing this guy under the bus, but it's, it's really easy to do is the show. Apparently in the eighties, there was a book called you choose and you could like, you turn a couple pages and then you would choose what happens next. Kind of like a dungeons and dragons kind of thing. And then some, like one book might have 144 different endings. And they start talking about how they're, what they do is they review a book once and then they do it again. And at first I'm like, why are you reviewing the book twice? Well, because there's different endings, but they'll, they'll also bring on a new book. So you'll, you kind of hear one book twice and well, you hear every book twice eventually. But anyway, to make a long story short, they kind of kept re explaining the, the per the idea of the show, which it's not hard to get. It's a, you choose book and you can have many different endings. And the whole time I'm like, okay, let's get to the book. Let's get to the book. Let's get to the book. Cause you know, it's a, it's a podcast about a book and his was, um, uh, uh, aliens in space or space, space vampires. And to make a long story short at the, probably about the eight minute mark, the one co-host started to talk about going to the dentist. And I was like, yeah, that's when they got the old, cause I'm like, I'm here waiting for the book. So if you, you, uh, in terms of is the, there there, they were taking forever to get to the meat and potatoes. And I really, unless it's a really funny story, uh, I, I, as a new listener, I was like, that could have been a really funny dentist story, but I tuned in to hear about space vampires and you know, it just was not, not my thing. You know what? I found myself in the car the other day. There's a couple of days where I can listen to several podcasts in a row, uh, depending on the length of my drive. And I remember there were two podcasts that I'm this close to yanking them out of my podcatcher because the intros are so long with ads and, hey, if you like the show, you know, please download and subscribe, you know, and I'm like, Five minutes in, we haven't gotten to the show yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. Well, well, it's funny you bring that up because I am breaking my own show. We're going to talk about that (laughs) right after, of course, we talk about our awesome supporters. Uh, If you'd like to be an awesome supporter, uh, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And 
Um, well, we'll talk about this when we get done. Uh, if you'd like to start a podcast or grow your podcast, come over to schoolofpodcasting.com. You get courses, you get coaching, you get community, and there's unlimited one-on-one consulting with that now. And some people are like, what do you mean, like unlimited? I mean, like you can have as much as you want, as long as it's about your show. I have had podcast consultants that try to white label me, and that's kind of, well, not cool. Um, if you, we run on PodPage. So if you want to check out PodPage, go over to trypodpage.com. Thanks to, uh, PodPage. Uh, and hey, if you just need more Uncle Marv, you can go to unclemarv.com. And of course, if you want even more Uncle Marv, you go to itbusinesspodcast.com and, uh, you will get you going in the right direction. Uh, the spotlight supporter of the week is Ross over at LivestreamUniverse.com. So if you're into live streaming and that whole nine yards, check out Ross. He is the king of live streaming. He gets giddy when I say that. So I want to be sure to throw that in there. And of course, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter and you really want to be an awesome supporter, you really do. We need your support. Uh, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And this is the part where I go, here's the funny part. I was looking, I normally do not look at the stats for this show. Uh, but when my there, there are a couple of reasons why I started this show. One was I wanted to offer free podcast consulting for people who couldn't afford it, but now you can afford it by joining the school of podcasting and get as much as you want. So there's that. Um, I think it's fun to hang out. Uh, uh, and I was getting a decent amount of money from, from Patreon to make it worth my while. And then my last Patreon kind of check came in and I went, wow, that's half of what it used to be. And I realized that people's, uh, everybody says my financial situation has changed. But if you've ever thought of supporting the show, now would be a good time to do it. Cause if it keeps going down, uh, so is the show. Cause, um, I, you know, I, I love Jim and I love hanging out, but I'd love to be outside right now. It's about 70 degrees outside and I got a bike with my name on it. So, uh, but here's the thing talking about ruining the show. So I, I was like, hmm, I like the show. I want to keep doing the show. It's a lot of fun. So what did I do? I put a pre-roll at the beginning of the show that says this show is listener supported. If after listening to this show, you find value in it, do consider being an awesome supporter by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So I thought about that. It's like 49 seconds long. Then you're going to hear us go. And for everybody that's listening to this in audio, you're like, yeah, Dave, we just heard this. You don't have to do it. But it's me opening the show. Then we do the coffee pour. Then we do... Uh, Dan spot. So we're like four minutes in and we haven't gotten to the stuff yet. And I'm like, it's interesting that the way I'm trying to drum up support for the show might very easily get people to tune out, which would then reduce the amount of support. Like people might go, I'm not listening to the show anymore. It's nothing but ads for the first five minutes. And I was like, yep, that's interesting. So that's the conundrum of like, how do I get people to support the show? And at the end, by the way, if you're a $20 supporter, you now get a shout out at the end of the show, courtesy of our pro our post roll. But it's just one of those things where sometimes we start to get white knuckled and grip and we just start, I just need to beg 24 seven. Well, that's not very, that's not very entertaining. And according to Glenn, um, don't be boring. Yeah, that could be kind of boring. So I I've done that and I'm already thinking, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. That's probably not a bad, it's probably not a great idea to throw a 60 second pre-roll begging for money, even though I do say, after you listen to the show, it's still an ad. So yeah. I, uh, as a listener to the show, how, uh, a, is the show broken? Is it boring? This is, this is that awkward conversation. What would you do uncle Marv to, to make this show better? This show or my show? Uh, this show, 
<laughs> this show. You know what's funny is I think you guys have already done a lot of what I would have suggested where you guys used to, you know, have it be an hour and then the possibility of a post show. And then you just decided, you know, we're just going to make it an hour and a half. <laughs> and that gives you the time for people to ask questions if they show up late, wake up late on a Saturday morning. Um, I think the show actually works the way that it is. Yeah. I, I, I need to promote more. I think I have asked the podcast coach.com slash ask. So if you're not here live, you could leave a question because to me, it'd be great if we just answered questions through the, the whole thing. Sometimes we talk about, um, yeah, uh, the Jeep show says never start with a bag. And I'm right now starting with a bag. Yeah. When I, when, when I listen to it back, I'm like, yeah, this is not a good intro. If I was on the podcast rodeo show, I'd be going, yeah, no, sorry. Um, have good content, great audio and be looking, uh, and be good looking even for audio. And that's where I go. Maybe this show isn't as good as I think it is. I don't know. But on the other hand, if your numbers go down again, let's do the math. If my download numbers have gone down and they have, and you only should expect 3%, maybe I'm getting about what I should be getting. Uh, we'll see. Scott Johnson says, what I should do is have a guest host on the podcast rodeo show and have them review, ask the podcast coach. I know, I know what I would say. Quit doing ads at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's why I, why I have this, this thing for marks. That's a minute long. That stops me from going into Leo Laporte. Let's do a four minute ad read on Audible. You know that that keeps me to a sixty second one, and usually dance is pretty, pretty uh, quick as well. So um, Craig says I do a live stream every two weeks and earn zero from it but it helps you drive traffic to my courses. Well, that's the other thing. If you use the coupon code coach at the school of podcasting, you will save money. And how many people have used that code? Uh, yeah. So I have had people sign up clay from, uh, Oh, clay from the horse thing. It's not horse. It's cows working cows.net. If I remember right, I believe came from this show working cows. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, I know it's working cows. It's all about, it's not just, it is basically Yellowstone in real life. Uh, but if you're, if you want to hear about ranching, uh, yeah, that's it. So, um, and then so, Co- go ahead. And so you were asking about making the show better. Right. Here's my thought as somebody who just normally sits on the other side and, you know, either I'll listen and participate or I'll just have it up on my screen while I'm doing work. Yeah. Um, the engagement in the chat is probably by far the most I've seen for a podcast-based show. Uh, This rivals some of the YouTuber people that are doing their live botch reveals and stuff like that. So there's a part of me that says, maybe you just not focus on trying to do more with this show and leave it as the community camaraderie show but maybe find a way to have these people because most of these people are podcasters. Yeah. And, you know, maybe find a way to get them to bring other people who are either just starting a podcast, you know, the people who want to come and get the questions answered. Um, Maybe it's a a different type of engagement. Well, um, Adam Curry always talks about you get paid in three different ways, time, talent, or treasure. So some people take the time to tell other people, some people make artwork, so they use their talent to do things. Or they like he has people that make uh, 
uh, t-shirts for them and they give, they take a small portion of that, but the rest goes to the show. Um, so time, talent and treasure is, you know, that's the whole Patreon money thing. So, um, coach Dave says, sometimes we go to ask the podcast coach not to get questions answered, but to join in solidarity and support with fellow podcasters. Yes. Coach Dave is an awesome supporter. So thank you for that. Uh, all chuckles understood fun and inspiring to the community. Yeah, it is kind of just a big, it's like a big podcasters round table in a nutshell. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was just surprised all of a sudden it was like, Hmm, but in, in the other thing without turning it into an economic thing is on one hand, I get that everybody's financial situation has changed, but at least in Ohio, everywhere I look like there's a, a welding place at the bottom of my street that's looking for people. And the last time I checked, welders make an okay living and yet they can't find enough people to fill their spots. So that's, that's a whole other outside the scope of the show. But I'm like, I get that everybody's in a bit of a money crunch, but I also know there are a lot of places around here that are hiring that pay good money. So I don't know, but that's this part of the country could be, could be different where you live. Coach Dave says, I've been inviting others. I know who are just getting started or I know need help and don't have the heart to tell them. Oh yeah. He wants me to tell them their baby is ugly. I see how that is. Uh, Well, here's a fun question. Uh, This is from Grace out in a Facebook group. We haven't monetized yet. That's another one I think that's kind of fun. I should monetize now because I've been doing it for nine months Mm -hmm. and that's not what sponsors go. So tell me how many months have you been podcasting? They go, how many, how big is your audience? That's, that's what, you know, again, is what monetization is based on, not time. Uh, but we haven't monetized yet, but thoughts on whether we need an LLC for our new podcast. Oh, that's an interesting question. That is an interesting question because every year I go, you know what? I need to finish my LLC. I have yet to do that. It's 18 years now. And every year I go and I just take it hard on my taxes every year and go, oh, I really need to. I mean, I, I deduct a lot of things and my taxes because it is April 15th today. I think we have till what, the 18th? to get them done or something like that. I, we we already sent off our extension. So. Yeah. So I'll be doing that this weekend. Uh, but I just, I deduct, you know, all my hosting and all that other fun stuff and blah, blah, blah. I forget what it's called. Uh, personal something, personal income, blah, blah, blah. 10, I forget. 29 K or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. It's, it's no fun. Uh, I, I guess my whole thought on this is, you know, if you want to, you can. I think you have to make, if I remember right, you have to make over 600 bucks. Now, first of all, I'm not a tax accountant. Always contact your tax account. But I, I thought the rule was if you made over 600 bucks, you had to deduct it. So if you're not making over 600 bucks, ask your tax consultant and find out. But I don't think you have to claim it until you make over 600 bucks. And I'm pretty sure there are a lot of podcasters that are not making over 600 bucks, especially if you deduct the $20 a month for hosting. So I, uh, yeah, Scott says, I just did this for 2023. So yeah, it's, uh, I have, I got the email from the guy. I, I use a, a tool. I just switched to wave. It's an accounting tool, which at first was really, really cool. Cause it ties into my, my bank. And I have a, a an account that I use just for all my business stuff. And it's, it's, I keep having to enter a lot of things manually. So it was originally kind of cool. Uh, I was using uh Fiverr workspace for a long time and it quit pulling in my stuff automatically. And so I just now every night before I go to bed, I go and see what came, what was charged 
Do I have the invoice? Put it into the system. So there's a lot of manual stuff going on that. But they, that company, if you haven't started your LLC thing yet, will also help you with that. I think I was going through LegalZoom literally probably 15 years ago. And I have a some sort of, uh, em, not employee, but business ID number because uh, I had to have that. So I started. I just never finished it. So, uh, so I am proof that you don't need an LLC, but just you know your taxes are probably a little harder than they need to be, or maybe easier. Never know. But uh, it's weird because I asked yeah. my accountant and my attorney for my business if I should separate them out. Of course, they both said yes. But the amount of money and effort that it would take to to create it, I thought, well. Until I start making money. So right now I still run everything through my business. And since, you know, it's IT related, I kind of get away with that. Yeah, that's true. So a, a good question. I don't, I have no idea even what it cost. Um, I'd have to go back and look. I'm sure I have an invoice from LegalZoom somewhere, but. It doesn't uh, cost much to become an LOC. It's just the tracking that you have to do to yeah. separate out your expenses because you've got to have a separate bank account. You know, so then you, is it worth it to have a bank account when you're, you know, spending 20 bucks a month and making 13 or yeah. <laughs> whatever Patreon gets you? I used to have, I, I had a business account that tied into my personal account and, and they all still kind of do, but I actually got a separate bank. I now use SoFi, uh, which is this online bank. And I actually earn interest now. Now, granted, it's like whatever, one and a half percent. But I never got anything at my other bank. And um, it's weird. I don't know why, but having two separate banks has made it easier to keep things completely separate. It's a, it, it's not even hard to transfer from my my physical bank to this online one. But for some reason, having them be like one click more to transfer money back and forth. So it's great because then I, I basically run my house on my Libsyn income and I run the school of podcasting on the other income. And occasionally might have to transfer one to the other, but it, it just makes it easy because the one thing you don't want to do is pay for something for your business out of your personal account and vice versa. Uh, that just creates all sorts of shenanigans. And again, your taxes get tricky and that whole nine yards. So um, it's, it's no fun that way. Um, here's a fun one. Um, I met these guys. These guys know how to throw a party if nothing else at PodFest. Uh, MOW Mopod advertising. Has anyone used Mopod to advertise your podcast? Um, I spent a hundred dollars yesterday and got 114 downloads. According to Mopod, I got 39,500 impressions and 201 plays. Now that's interesting because they got 140, 114 downloads, but 201 plays like that's a head scratcher. Uh, not sure what the difference is between a play and a download mean either. And I don't know how many of those 114 will have subscribed. Uh, that's a good question. And I don't know that you could tell. I'm not sure how Mopod works at all, but this is potentially 87 cents per new listen. And so here I would go back to the first question that everybody should ask when they start a podcast. Um, Scott Johnson says, hey, I've used them. I wasn't impressed. There are um, – I talked to a guy this week from Advanced – I'm sorry, audienceunleashed.com. And it's interesting when people say I can make anybody like in the top 10. Because again, I, I think there's this thing called, I don't know, talent and entertainment value. 
that you have to deliver. And if you can make anybody in the top 10, there is a part of me that goes, do I smell phones in the Philippines? I'm like, how does like, you can't just make anybody a star. Um, so I don't know. I've never used them. I've, I did use Buzzsprout ads and what I did, I've used them twice now and I got seven clicks for whatever, 200 bucks. So that's, that's not a great return. And what I did was I found, I think nine different shows that I thought were good fits and they give you like a list of 37. So they look at your show, they look at your uh, Apple categories and they're like, here are a bunch that might fit. And I think what I'll do if I do this again is pick maybe one or two shows because what will happen then, because they give you 2000 impressions for, or 5,000 impressions for, I think it's 200 bucks. Um, and which is $20 CPM. And I, um, I think if I had less shows, it would take longer to get through the campaign. So their audience would hear my ad more than once where nine shows, it lasted like maybe two weeks. And I thought I might want to double down on like a couple shows, let that ad show for maybe a month. Cause you need that reputation or repu reputation. Um, you need it repeated. Um, to really get in the head of their uh, their listeners. So, have you ever done any kind of advertising for your show? No. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. Where, well, again, I was looking at it, and I uh, was just like, I need to do something different. My show, it's still growing, but it's really slow. I'd like to get this growing a little faster. And I always ask people to share the show and things like that. But I was like, let's. I know Scott. I know Gary Arndt. You know, Gary had a great point. Gary said that. You know, there was the big Avengers movie and spoiler alert, uh, not everybody made it through the end of the movie. And then you're waiting for the second version, like the the follow up to this movie to see what happened. And so everybody was dying to see this movie and they still spent, I think it was two point five million dollars promoting a movie that everybody knew was coming. Everybody was dying to go see it. And yet they still promoted it. He's like, so if Disney is promoting the Avengers, why aren't you, you know, spending money? to get the word out about your show. And I think it depends on what it is you're trying to get from your promotion. So for instance, my show, I know that it's not something where if I spend a hundred bucks for Facebook ads, it's not going to get in front of the right people because their target audience doesn't niche down enough for me. Mm -hmm. So I feel that that will be wasted money. I found better engagement on LinkedIn uh, targeting certain groups that I'm a member of. Yeah. Uh, and then I've thought about, well, maybe I'll do something with YouTube and promoting stuff there. But YouTube is more about tech enthusiasts and those types of things. So, you know, for me, I don't see the value in advertising that way. Now, I do get sponsorships from products within our industry and I gain more from that. So I right. try to partner with them for ever. Like I had one just ask me if I wanted to do a live show for a, a, a product announcement that they have go up. And I'm like, <laughs> heck yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. And for like the Gary's of the world, Gary has sponsors on his show. And so let's say he's making whatever X amount of money. Let's go 10. Cause it's a fun number. Let's say he gets $10 per, per uh, listener. That's way too high, but again, it's an easy number. And then he goes to buy ads and let's say it costs him $8 to get a new listener. Well, I will spend $8 to make 10 
all day long. So it really depends on your show. It also depends, like you said, if it fits, um, if it, uh, you know, if the goal for me, the goal of the school of podcasting is to get people to sign up for my membership site. So if I could get a few people to sign up for that, that will easily pay for, you know, an ad campaign. But that's where, again, the person that's like, well, I need to do this because I want to grow my audience so I can get sponsors. If you've got it in the budget, okay, but that's, that's a hard, you know, that can get expensive to, to grow your audience. Um, Scott says on Facebook, I can target podcast listeners who like true crime. So it works, even though his show is not always true crime. So yeah, he shares an audience with that kind of true crime yeah. uh, field, but yeah, that's, and they may have changed a bunch of their stuff. So I might want to go back and, and look at their advertising again. Yeah. And then uh, going back to talking about the LLC, Coach Dave says, uh, a tax attorney told me on Thursday that conversion to S-Corp makes sense when net annual income exceeds 200000 Well, that's not me. My net annual income, is the, uh, your mileage may vary. And, of course, get your own lawyer. Don't listen to Coach Dave or myself or Marv because neither one of us are, uh, are lawyers. So keep that to yeah, Or accountants. Or accountants or, yeah. Um, I will say this. So my tech business is an S corp mm -hmm. and I told you we filed our extension because for an S corp, if people don't know the business income or loss flows through to the personal income or ouch. Loss. Yeah. So we're not double taxed on the business side on most years. We can still get a refund because the business, the way we structured it, we don't make a ton of money. It's, it's a, but it's a weird formula. Last year, we made a lot of money in terms of net income. Mm -hmm. So we thought everything was great. I knew that, okay, the more money we make in the business, the more likely we have to pay on the personal side. And that rang true. So we just wrote a check for $4,000 because we netted 80000 in the business and the wife was livid. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> so understand your tax codes and the business LLC versus S corp. It's a lot of work, but yeah, that's why you need a professional to help you. Yeah. That's what I basically do. And it's, it's worked over the years. And again, your mileage may vary is the last day of the month or the first day of the month. I look at what I made at the school of podcasting. I take 35% of that money and stick it in a bank account. And then I pay quarterly taxes. So that way, when I see those, I'm like, oh, I gotta do, how much do I got to need by what? I just go to the bank account. That's another yet, another online account. Because right. I need it someplace where I don't think about it. And then I'm like, okay. And then I look at it. And that has made taxes a whole lot easier by, by paying quarterly taxes. Um, here's a fun one uh, that uh, I see a lot working in Libsyn. Formatting an Apple and other apps. Uh, does anyone else experience this? No matter how many times I hit enter prior to or the uh, phrase, you know, like schedule a free coaching call with me somewhere, it still shows too close to the previous paragraph and show notes of each episode. Um, how do I make more space between them? I'm new to podcasting. I'm only six episodes in. And I, I think I responded to this in Facebook. The fun thing is, let me put a link to this in the show notes. There is uh, an article on Pod News, and they look at 19 different podcast apps. And to make a long story short, they all show them different. Um, I know there are certain ones like Spotify 
the last time I checked their show notes or their episode description, they kind of jack with the formatting. Apple iTunes. So that's on an actual PC. They still call it iTunes. That's horrible. It's horrendous. So what I always tell is no matter who your media host is, you know, do your show notes, you do your episode description and, um, you know, it will, these apps will do what they do. You know, uh, Dan's talking about the difference, you know, you can go into the HTML and put in, uh, a left carrot BR, you know, uh, right carrot for break. And then there's, um, in between two carrots, you can put a P for a paragraph mark. And there are still apps that will, I don't know why, but they ignore it and it's weird. So that's why I always tell people, if you really are worried about how your episode notes look, give people enough information so that they can figure out if they want to listen to the episode, give them the links that are mentioned in the uh, episode, and then put a big old link to your website where you have 100% control over how things look. Because Apple um, sometimes, for a while, I, I think they have fixed this, but for a while, your episode description would look different if you were subscribed or not, or I guess now would be follow or not. I think they fixed that, but it just there's just one of those things where you can spend a lot of time trying to fix the formatting. I just go, A, don't get crazy with the formatting. Don't start putting pictures in the middle of your show notes. That just send people to your website. Use bold use bullet points. Uh, but other than that, it just gets, it's one of the things that doesn't make sense to, cause it's HTML. Like it should show up like this. Um, yeah. Dan says, yeah, code won't work in all apps. Um, that's on the developer support. Yep. Or not. And many times they don't work. Um, they want to risk someone trying to hack it. Yeah. They, so in your episode, which is meant for an app, right? That's the stuff you put into your media host is the stuff that's going to go to an app. Now, this is where you get into those situations where some people use the um, the like built-in, pretty generic website from the media host. And those are very simple. It's a great place to listen and a great place to subscribe. But if you want to do more than that, you're kind of hosed. So um, don't get too crazy with the formatting. Your episode notes would be one way to, uh, to get around that. So... Um, yeah, and I've seen a lot more people just put a couple of lines in description and then for full show notes, click here and yeah. go to their episode page. Yeah, as long as you give them enough to know if they want to listen or not. And then links. I know I get upset when somebody has really basic show notes and then they, you know, they'll be talking about a book. And I'm like, man, I want to read that book. And I'll go and there's like no link. And you're like, wait, what was the name of the book again? I don't know. I listened to this a couple of days ago. It's like, oh, I'll put the links in there. Uh, Coach Dave, SEO screams for bold italics, tag photos. Yeah, H2, all that goes on my webpage. Yep. And that's, I see people all the time. That, I'm going to start a podcast. Do I, do I really need a website? Yes. yes you, unless you want to grow. If Are you trying to grow your audience? Yes. Then yes. And, and go nuts on that website. Like uh, Coach Dave said, that's where I'll put kind of a basic episode description that goes out to all the apps, and then I take that, copy it, and put it into my website and expand on it. It's like, here, Google, here are more words, more really good words for you, Google. And uh, hopefully that brings them on. And uh, you know, and then I try to have subscribe buttons or follow buttons there so that once Google sends them my way, I make it easier for them to, to keep coming back. So 
That's the plan, at least. We'll see if it works. Uh, let's see how we do it. We'll do one more quick one here. Um, I switched over to Facebook groups. I have uh, for my podcast, which was uh, has a similar topic. However, there's no engagement right now. I'm wondering for those of you that have a Facebook group, group for your podcast, what do you talk about in your group? I post my episodes, but uh, I need more to post. One of the things I did a guy, I'll put a link in the episode description. I interviewed a guy from Australia who's like the king of Facebook groups. And what he does is anytime somebody asks him a question, he goes, that's a great question. Can you go post it in the Facebook group? And then he will answer it there in the Facebook group. And then people will comment on his answer. And then if somebody else goes, oh, great. And they'll ask him another question. It's great. Can you put that in the Facebook group? So people have just learned to ask questions in his Facebook group. And then he answers them there. It is tough if you don't have a lot of people over there, because on one hand, he said, invite like 100 people in there. And he goes, you'll probably get about 30. He goes, but you need somebody in there because otherwise people show up and if there's nothing there. They're like, they're not going to come back. And that's the the joy of Facebook. Um, and then Scott, Scott has a really good group for what was that like? Ask intriguing questions in the group. Yeah, you, you just have to ask them to answer questions and uh, in some cases, I know from uh, the School of Podcasting group, I'll post things that are happening in the news about podcasting. You know, it's just not a build it, then they will come. It's a party. You know, you, you've invited people to a party and to get them to talk to each other, they're going to have to talk to themselves, talk to each other, but they don't know what to talk about because they don't know each other. So it's you kind of have to, like Scott says, throw out an intriguing question. Then they'll start talking to each other. Um, and then once they get to know like we have a couple people in the school of podcasting that are financial guys. We have um, a psychologist. We have a bunch of people. And so there are times like I just, somebody uh, asked yesterday about getting their show on the radio. And I said, I'm not sure how open radio is to, unless you want to pay for that space. Like I don't think radio is really open. They're not looking for young talent from the podcasting pool to put on radio, but I tagged David Hooper because David Hooper's, you know, got a radio show, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, you kind of have to do that. So, um, wait a minute. I got to hear the end of this. Coach Dave says opinions are like armpits. Everybody has one, I guess. Oh, I see what he's saying. Cause I know the, I know the true thing of, uh, of that statement. Uh, Scott says opinion based questions are good because everyone likes to give their opinion. So yeah, it just, it's another thing that it takes a little work. It's not going to just happen overnight. And, um, you know, it's it's uh once it gets going it gets going but when you first start off uh that's not so much the case so uncle marv what is coming up on uh your podcast again that one if you want to check it out it business podcast yep so i just did a show if you go to the website my latest show is at the top there 55 minutes with michael he is another it business owner here in florida the week before scott johnson who within our chat was on the show as well. So I'm doing a month long, what I call the Florida man segment. So friends I know in the state of Florida that have <laughs> IT businesses. And so I interview them on the show and we talk about things that are good there. So uh, 55 minutes with Michael and the show before that, the accidental computer tutor, Scott Johnson. There we go. And on the school of podcasting, I'll be talking about if you're, Getting bored with your show, there are a lot of different formats. It's not just, well, I'll do a solo show or I'll do an interview show. There are actually many different varieties of things you can add to your show. 
And of course, we want to say thanks to our awesome supporters. Uh, you'll be hearing about them shortly if you're listening to the audio version. But uh, thanks to everyone in the chat room. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, it's super simple. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Um, hugs and kisses and thoughts and prayers and anything else for our good buddy Jim, who is going through a hard day today. Uh, just know you're, you're missed and uh, you're in our thoughts today. Uh, it's a bummer that you got to do what you got to do, but you're doing the right say right thing. So thanks to that. Thanks to the uh, chat room for showing up. And uh, in theory, Jim will be back next week. I don't know if he has a dog or a turtle or anything else. that's not feeling well. Um, but uh, in theory, he'll be back next week for another episode of ask the podcast coach. Thanks everybody. Thank <laughs> you.